My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And we are back because the Wild is back. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. The Wild back from their bye week and their all-star break uh, tonight, actually, against the Blackhawks in Chicago. It's Judd. It's Jesse Pierce, of course, from Bar Down Beauties and also covers the Wild for NHL.com. It's Declan, as always. Uh, and before we start, this show is brought to you, as it often is, by our friends at, at Livia Weight Control Centers, now offering breakthrough weight loss medications in their center locations. Uh, it's the new medical weight loss program that offers GLP-1 medications that will support you in overcoming those tricky biological barriers that can make losing weight so difficult. Jesse Pierce, did you tell me just before we flipped on the mics that you are actually going to participate in this part of the program? How excited are you? I'm super excited. I have these stubborn 10 pounds that I cannot shake, and I am almost there. I'm almost to my goal weight. I'm happy with how far we've come, but I'm excited to use this little extra resource just to get there. Olivia's already done a great job giving me all the resources that I need in order to make healthy choices, but this will just help push me around that corner just a smidge mm-hmm. um, and coach me to get that finish line. I'm super excited. I should be starting that probably, I believe, next week. Awesome. So. Be like Jesse. It's this simple. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM. L-I-V-E-A.COM is your ticket to weight loss, so check them out. All right, kids, let's get right to it. Uh, The Wild enters tonight's game against the Blackhawks. 33 games left. They are seven points back of St. Louis, which has the second and final wildcard spot in the Western Conference. They are behind Nashville, Seattle, Calgary, and Arizona, who are non-playoff teams ahead of them. Uh, I saw, Jesse, the quotes from practice, which I'm sure you've been at the last couple of days. Uh, Very optimistic. It's a new season. We're back from Turks and Caicos. It's going to be a different us. Starting with you, how much are you buying what the Wild is selling? It's just, it's not enough. I mean, you can control what you can control. The Minnesota Wild could go and win four games in a row, five games in a row. Good for you. You still need other teams to falter because that's the position that you're in. And that's an area that you cannot control. And I'm sure Minnesota might prattle off a win against Chicago. They should. Chicago's one of three teams that are beneath them right now, although they lost to the Anaheim Ducks just before the break, another team that's beneath them. So it's not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, that's just it. I hate using the term must win. I really, really hate that term, especially in February. But it's a must-win game from here on out for Minnesota. I mean, pretty much every single contest, especially those against Western Conference opponents, they need to win. So, sure, you go on a little win streak, great. Eh, you're still what you are. I'm not confident enough that it's going to be enough to get you into the playoffs. So you're saying in a playoff series and you're down 1-0, you don't like using must-win in game two? <laughs> when no. It's not a true must-win situation? Must win. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I, I think this is uh, identity time for the Wild, if you will. I think it's time to find what your identity is, and that's just not a playoff team. That's not who you are. You need to kind of sell off some assets here, as we've been talking about. Yes, get a soft little start against the lowly Chicago Blackhawks, who get another Winter Classic, just what everyone wants to see. Against the Blues, too. Another <laughs> so Chicago Winter Classic. So cliched. It's so stu- It's so silly. That's another topic uh, in its own right. But um, I, I just think the Wild have to recognize that, hey, you're really behind the eight ball here. You got one more year of buyout hell. There's no point to you know maximize and continue getting yourself more into credit card debt, which we talked about a few year a few weeks ago. So instead, just recognize that hey, 
We're going to retool here. I don't know if Craig has to send out that other letter like he did five years ago when the Wild were pretty much in this exact same situation where he was like, hold on, just hold on. No, I will say to Craig's credit, that was right. Just hold on. Bear with us. We'll get back. We'll get right back up. And the Wild were able to build things up. I know they had first round exits, but they built a pretty competitive team after Craig sent out that little letter to season ticket holders. I think they had to have this same type of situation this year where they just have to recognize that they're just not a playoff team. I think the best thing possible. Bill Guerin, I'm talking to you. Recognize one date, March 8th, and do what you can. And do what you can, which ain't a whole lot because you're giving out all these no trade, no move clauses. But I think that's the the next key date. And I know that John Hines and the players are going to say all of the right things. And hell, for all, I know they might be delusional enough to to believe this stuff. Um, To me, it's become lip service because, okay, you get off to a bad start. And then you won 11 of 14. So that's like, okay, you're back. And going into the break, Jess, they had won five of their final 16 games. So it's just, for me, it's very hard to buy this. And I don't expect them to crap on their team. You know, it's not like I expect um, guys to say, well, we're back from Turks and Caicos, and I'm going to tell you right now, I would have liked to have stayed there. Understand that completely. But the reality is, you know, and they can win tonight for sure. They can beat the Blackhawks. They can win a couple. They can get hot again. That's, That's them. But. To, you know, the sustained level of success it would require, not just to make up, to me, it's not the seven points. It's the teams in front of you. Yeah. Like, you got to jump team after team after team. And this is a league that basically encourages three-point games. Mm-hmm. So that that's the thing is, I just think the, the to if I'm looking at this, this comes back to March 8th, trade deadline, position yourself well, I'll say it for the thousandth time. I think the future's bright. I think this team's future is bright. Like, that's that's what I don't want fans to forget. Like, we're not crapping on this franchise and saying, well, they're done for good. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's all about timing. And the timing now, not good. The timing in a couple of years could be fantastic. Uh, and so I'm not selling that I think this team is screwed. I'm just saying what you said and what Dex said, which is, is it going to be this season? No, it's not. And I'm peacefully okay with that now. The only person selling is Bill Guerin. That's who needs to be selling. And he doesn't need to wait until the deadline to do it. He needs to start picking up the phone and making those decisions now. I mean, I don't think you're going to see anything in the next 10 games or however many are in between now and March 8th. That's going to change your mind about what this team can do. Even a little win streak is not going to change your mind because, as you said, Dex, they're still trying to find their identity and that's sad. You can't be finding an identity of winning identity come mid February, right? That's just not how it works. And I, you know, they might not be playing to the identity that Bill Guerin wants them to play, but that's just the reality of it. Obscure movie quote. Remember in happy Gilmore when he's having the fight with his girlfriend and she's like, well, I'm leaving because you want to be a hockey player, but there's a problem. You're not any good. And I feel like that's exactly what it is, right? And Bill Guerin's yelling back, I am good. I am good. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's kind of similar to, to what it is. I mean, you go back to that 2018-19 team, and it was funny because I was looking at this the other day, how many kind of weird similarities. Now, this was the year that they traded away their core center, right? They traded away Granlin, Coyle, Nino for one-for-ones, right? And the only good one that worked out was probably the uh, – the Grandland for Fiala because we got a couple good years out of Fiala. 
Unfortunately, Victor Rask, number one center, Victor Rask, didn't pan out quite as well as Paul Fenton saw. But beyond that, they also lost Matt Dumba. Similarly, this year, they've lost Jared Spurgeon. They dealt with a lot of injuries that year. Miko Koivu was hurt for the majority of the year. You've seen Jonas Brodeen hurt. Um, they had early three-year extensions, you guys, for Devin Dubnik and Alex Stalock that year. And I'm talking beginning of the year. Similarly, questionable early extensions this year. So there's a lot of funny similarities between those two teams. And again, I think you're right. I think Craig Leopold needs to sharpen that pen, maybe write a nice little note to his fan base just to make sure they keep coming back because it ain't it. It's just ain't it this year. And it's it's almost exhausting to the point where it's like, I don't, there's nothing you can tell them to change that will be enough to get them into a into a contention. Yeah, this is, uh, it, it. that's what I was thinking too, Jess, where it's just, I remember Leopold sent it out and like, I think even, Judd and I, because we were, we were we had started the Judd's Hockey Show kind of around that season and that timeline. And I think we even said like, oh, okay, you're going to really send this out. And, you know, how long is this really going to take? And to their credit, they built it back up, even with some mostly really rocky trades in the long run that they traded away those core players. But they also, to Judd and I's point, when that happened was they had to. They had to trade away those core players to get better and to get out of the rut that they were in. Of course, you would have liked to see some better ROI on some of those returns from Coyle and Zucker, et cetera. But in general, they had to make a change. And the Wild here are kind of stuck with a lot of no movement clauses. And again, the buyouts that are still hurting them for one more year. So they have less things to work with to get better return on investments. But they have to also, just like any other person who's trying to balance this checkbook and balance your finances, you just kind of kind of start where you can and cut out the savings that, or make more savings and cut out all the debt that you can right now. Yeah, I, I appreciated what Fenton did. I don't appreciate, you know, Charlie Coyle. You got Donato back. How many teams has he bounced to since then? You know, so there there were definitely some bad trades. Um, in this case, I do think that if you're going to move guys, though, you are in a position, if you can do it, to maximize trades. And Jesse, to your point, you are right. Uh, this league no longer waits for the deadline. Um, I think it was last week, Lindholm got moved from Calgary to the Canucks, scored two goals against um Carolina last night. Monaghan got moved from what? Montreal to the Jets. And this is where, Don't again. Zach Parisi getting signed by the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so exciting. I'm so glad for Zach. <laughs> you know, do you think it's a mistake that two guys that had an option to sign in the Wilds division who are vindictive to try to kick their ass. Both are now in the central. I don't think that's a mistake. I don't think it's a mistake that Suter immediately tried to go, oh, I'm going to show them. And I don't think it's a mistake that Zach did. And I'll be curious uh, if when if the abs come back here, I've not looked at the schedule, if Zach gets booed too. But you're right about, about the fact that I think now is the time to be on the phone making calls. And this comes back to one guy, I think, Gustafson. He's the one guy, like you have boxed yourself in if you're Bill so badly, you know, you have boxed yourself in on trading guys that I think we all agree. Hey, that'd be great to move that guy, right? Get some prospects, get, um, get draft picks. This comes back to a Gustafson uh, conversation. And I'm going to tell you, I look around this league and the one thing I see is teams desperate for goaltending contenders, desperate for goaltending. I think you have to entertain it. I think you at least have to. You have to. And and like Dex said last week, I am fine with you get a goaltender back, a slappy back, you know, you so so that I'm not so that I have a guy to plug in, which is fine with Flurry, with whom whomever, with Wallstead, because I don't want to ruin Wallstead. But I really do think that Gustafson is the one guy 
that gives you the opportunity to really, if you can do it, get a good return. But I also think you have to consider, you know, there's been rumors and conversation about Marc-Andre Fleury being approached, right? If people would look to sign him, you're going to get a lot back without having to give up much because you know Marc-Andre Fleury is probably not going to be back in a wild uniform next year, no matter what he decides, right? I just don't foresee him re-signing here if he does decide to go another year. But not only him, there are a bunch of other players. I think sometimes we get so hyper-focused on the no moves and no trades, forgetting that they can waive those. They can say, sure, yes, I do want to go to a contender, right? So part of me would love to explore some of those options for some of the other players, again, only because I just don't want to go into an unknown goaltending tandem next year. You know how harsh I am on my goalies, and I need those to be set. Well, Walsh has to play next year. Yes, I'm excited for that, but I, I liked the idea of Valstead and Gus because I know a lot of people have been kind of out of favor with Gustafson this year. I haven't been as much. I think he's been fine. I think he's been good. I think he will be a great back up to Jesper Valstead next year. I like the idea of that tandem. I don't like the idea of the unknowns. Unless you can go and get like a Jake Ottinger and come in, sure, great. Let's do that. Yeah, you no, know what man. I mean? Like yeah. there's just nobody you can get else a backup, I'd be though, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Like you can find a guy like if if during the course of the show Dex has has harped on and taught me one one thing, the analytics say you can find goaltending. Right, Declan? Yeah can find it and you don't have to overpay for it, which to the Wilds credit, they have never overpaid for it. Even with Devin Dubnik, you know, kind of hitting the wall at the end, Marc-Andre Fleury isn't the goalie he used to be. They have never put them, the worst thing you can do is sign yourself up, you know, for a Bob contract that is just killing your salary cap books, right? Like that's, that's the area you don't want to find yourself in. So don't overpay for goaltending. But if you give up Gustafson, that's where I think I'd be very, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make a Gustafson trade, that they also get a goalie back. And that might yeah. just be a slappy. That might be an equally or even lesser player more likely than uh, Gustafson's ability. But they also, they need bodies, right? Like, yeah, they can't just have Volstead being the number one guy and Marc-Andre Fleury walking away. So, like, they physically will either be in the market immediately in free agency for a goaltender, or they'll probably try to get one back uh, by the trade deadline. I have a point on that. I will say this. If they sell Gus that's Bill Guerin's white flag. That's him admitting that. Oh, yeah. This, oh, yeah. T- right? Like, yeah. no question. Other guys could move and it kind of yeah. be like, eh, whatever. But I feel like that one would be the very evident no-brainer. Yep, we're done this season. White flag is is, is whom? Gus, for sure. You're exactly right. Because mm-hmm. Flurry's not necessarily. Gus is. Uh, but, uh, like, if you could get Zuccarello to wave it, that's a white flag. Um, who, who else might wave it i don't think felino would so i think that's uh i don't i don't think felino or hartman would yeah but yes there are some uh for sure but that's what i think at some point in time for for the good of the franchise going forward i think bill Guerin has to like i i think that's the smart like what are you what are you hoping to do here like that's my question what are you like when when before your head hits the pillow at night if you run this team you really think, well, I played on some Stanley Cup winning teams. I see it. Like, you just don't, which is fine, which, again, is fine. I'm not mad about this. This is just, it is what it is. Um, and I do think that this team is positioned well. Hey, give us an update on, speaking of trade candidates, Pat Maroon, upper body. Now, I don't think he's go- going to get you back much, but he is a poster child for being traded. Uh, what, what's the concern there? I know he got, got hurt against the, uh, in the game against the Ducks right before the break. 
Mm-hmm. Um, IR right now just to get some cap relief, right? Which obviously yields you and Adam Beckman in addition to Jared Spurgeon's yeah. cap relief on the LTIR. So that's good. I think the only thing it it proves is that he's old, and that's a bummer. And it's he's kind too of old. it's can't, hurting. Can't the, take away his too, skates. He's too old. <laughs> he's too old. Look at him. Um, I mean, I think because I I don't think it's a very serious injury. He certainly, like you'd mentioned, got hurt during that Anaheim Ducks game, and it was something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and again, the IR move is simply just to give them the cap relief, I believe, to my knowledge. But it hurts his cap stock and the capital that you had in him because his name was another one that I think was very highly talked about being on the move uh, yeah. come trade deadline. So him being hurt, not an ideal time for that to happen. I think players or excuse me, teens would still come knocking on the door because they know who Pat Maroon is. But it's just also a reminder like, darn, he's just a little old. He's just a little, a little fragile. Oh, he is old. He's big and old. Mm-hmm. To go back really quick to the white flag, I mean, the, the ultimate rebuild white flag, right, would be trading Kirill Kaprizov. Maybe not yes. at the deadline, but at this summer. Yeah, Because that would, sure. I mean, that, that, you'd, right, you'd get, I mean, it would be, that would be not just a white flag. That is a sinking ship white flag, get the lifeboats out situation. Like, yeah. we're, we're starting over there. But, I mean, who else could they really realistically sell and get something of legit building blocks because to our point Felino, Hartman's, even Gus. You're 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 uh, you're putting a band-aid on a problem. If you really want to start over, the only real thing that you can trade is your superstar who's still 26 years old and do you want to get something back? I don't think they'll do that. I don't think they'll trade Krill by the way. But that would be right the ultimate white flag situation. Don't you guys think though that with where where this team is going, you know, a nice influx of prospects coming I think you try and keep him and build around him. Like, I, I don't think if they were in terrible shape, like if they were screwed for four years, I would say probably, you know what? He's not going to want to stay at some point in time. He's probably going to want out. And I'm sure that, that the Russians around the, the league, especially at like the all-star event, recruit him hard and say, Hey, get out of Minnesota and come here and there. But I, I think he's a piece this. This is again, my point about this team, I think is in good shape long-term. And if I am the, if I am Bill Guerin, I'm trying to get Kaprizov signed here at some point, because when the cap hell ends, you're going to be in really good shape again. You got prospects coming and cap room. Um, So I'm trying to sell that to Kirill. I'm just saying, I don't see the point in trying to make the playoffs with this current construction. Uh, But I certainly can see two years from now, especially if Volstead's thriving in goal, Jesse, Mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where you're in really good shape and really surprise teams with well, Kirill and, there. And you need to, because that's when Kirill looks at free agency, right? Yep. I mean, he's got two more years. You need to make him happy. I think in the immediate future, that's why you're looking so heavily at Danilia Yurov. They have no problem with him staying in the KHL, but I also think in the back of Billy's mind as well, if his current team wants to offer 330000 extra to stay, I could do better than that. I could sign you right now, kid, and that's going to make Kirill really happy. And that's going to yes. make our fan base very, very happy because it's going to make us look like we are doing the right things. And Because that kid is special. All the highlights that I've seen, similar to how I treated Kirill, I'm excited to see him in person and see how that all translates over here to the North America uh, players. But in general, I think that's a really big one. That's a huge prospect. And in addition to Velstead, who we know is the guy in net, um, I think that would be another big thing for Bill Guerin to circle as far as looking down the road, not necessarily just kicking the can, but planning for the future. Yep. And if, if that's, you know, when you look at two years from now, the possibilities, 
the future has uh, Kaprizov, potentially, a couple of really nice Russian prospects, a number one defenseman in favor, just clear cut, and a goaltender. So, like, that's, again, you're going to go into into the season in a couple of years with a really, really nice foundational piece of a potentially young team there. Uh, I do have a non-waving the white flag complaint, as Jesse calls them, that I saw from the line heathens, okay? What are we doing here? What? Why are we trying to milk wins tonight? It looks like, at least in practice, from the tweet I saw, or X, I don't even know what you call it anymore, that Ryan Hartman is back between Zuccarello and Kaprizov, Marcus Johansson is still on the second line, and Marco Rossi is now between Goudreau and Felino. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Why? Why are we doing this, John Hines? Why is Marco Rossi? Anyone, please, Jesse, can you answer why Marco Rossi? I understand it doesn't work consistently, but first line reps to me are valuable. Why? Why is he between two grinders? This is the uh, you know now that's what I call hits. You know, you see in your infomercials from like 20 years ago. Now that's what I call hits. You got Ryan Hartman back in the middle. This is this is what they do. This is what they do. I know. Jeff. That's what I'm saying. Wave the white flag, though. Yeah, I want you we, to wave the white flag. We just want to see what it looks like. We just want to see, you know, take a look at some guys. We, that we know like what to it move. looks like. It might change in game. It might change in game. We just want to see what it looks like to start. We know that's what it looks coach. like. Stop making it happen, John Hines. Stop. <laughs> like, we know what it looks like. And they might score a couple goals tonight. I don't care. Stop you know, Ryan Hartman. Ryan, yeah, stop making fetch happen. Start, ma- stop making Ryan Hartman happen. Put him back on the third line. But I mean, Goudreau, Felino, and Rossi. I might as well take this game in the Marco Rossi world, stick it in my toilet, and flush it. It's worthless. It's absolutely worthless. These, these are the things where, like, this is clear that they're let's milk the win in Chicago. No, let's develop Marco Rossi as best as possible. I don't think he's doing anything that deserves a demotion in lines right you know a couple years ago yeah he wasn't good enough but now uh okay before we wrap up we get some good news from uh from the i think it was gary bettman press conference at the all-star game we are getting what they're calling i think a four nations cup next season which is the u.s canada finland and sweden that's going to be played instead of the all-star game in boston and Montreal, and yes, no Russians. Um, we we definitely have some teams that aren't going to be represented. No German, uh, no Germany. So Drysital. So it's not perfect, but it should be far more fun than the All Star Game. And then we're going to get the National Hockey League players back in the Olympics in 2026 and 30, and around that 2028 and 32, a full World Cup of Hockey. Your thoughts on on the return of best on best? I like it. I I love when the Olympics are. I like the Olympic part. Let me say that. I like the Olympics part. I don't love now like this now diluted of all these world. I don't like that part. I don't like that part one bit. Now it's just like well now it also takes away from the fun of the Olympics in my opinion. I know Judd does not like the Olympic breaks and just the Olympics in general. It's not his favorite. I don't like the Olympics. Um, I love the Olympics. Summer, winter, sign me up for it, man. I'm yelling at the TV. I'm staying up. I, I, I love it. Nothing, nothing gets this patriotic blood flowing like some gal on a balance beam trying to f- pull off some <laughs> awesome move, okay? Or running a 400-yard dash. I'm all in. All in on the Olympics. But from the hockey side, yeah, I think we're just now we're totally diluting everything if 
hey, we're going to best on best, and we're going to do this World Cup tournament, and we're going to do this tournament. It's just, well, what's the point of, of, the, special, of the special nature of doing something at the Olympics if you're just going to be, like, doing all these random other things, too? But I love the World Cup of Hockey, and I love the idea of the Four Nations. I wish they did more of, like, remember back in the day for the All-Star Games, they used to do North America versus the world? Yep. I loved those. Like, I sure. thought that was a little bit more fun. Plus, then you can include other players that don't have their countries represented, right? I mean, certainly they chose the four most prominent NHL-developed uh, countries to go with, which makes sense. But I, I don't know. I love it. You're right. That's a good point, Dex. I, I do caution it because you look at the Winter Classic and what the Stadium Series have done to the in general outdoor game events and the fanfare it's definitely diluted that but for right now i'm excited i thought the world cup of hockey and that's because i just i look at those teams that usa composed right you had bill garrett on the world cup of hockey team you had pat lafontaine you have these guys that were just so legendary in their own right and i just couldn't get enough of it you think i'm unbearable during the world juniors put those nhlers back in the olympics and ooh, i don't I know think you're you unbearable don't. at all i love God, it too it's so good the olympics um, the idea of best on best, I, I like what I don't like, what I have never appreciated is shutting down for almost a month. And then you get guys who get hurt and then they're supposed to come back and play. Uh, and then, and then you've got the playoffs, which are a, a grind. When I was a kid, I think this ended, I, this ended actually, I think what it might've been the world cup of hockey, the year of the strike or lockout. Yeah, 94. If you guys recall. There was a a tournament that was called the Canada Cup, and that went into become the World Cup of Hockey, and it was played before training camps. So I actually liked that because it started. Now it still was a grind, but I believe that the 2028 and 32 World Cups of Hockey are going to shut down the season, right, Jesse? I think I read that. I haven't be read that far in into February. it. I guess yet. Okay. I just I I love the quality. If I was a GM, guys being hurt would drive me crazy. But more importantly, as a fan, I guess I feel it sort of dilutes your season to shut down. And by the way, if you are going to shut down, scale down on games. Don't try and play the full schedule. Like, you're just asking too much of of star players. The Four, the four Nations thing, um, I agree. Like, Pasta not playing, Dreisaitl, ridiculous. But that being said, I love the idea of replacing the All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually on board there because the All-Star Game is uh, the whole thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kucherov in the skills was my favorite because <laughs> he absolutely crapped on the entire thing. And, you know, I don't care if McDavid, who invented it, and then basic, and then won a million bucks. So I actually do like the Four Nations idea based on the fact that I think it's going to be a much more viable and entertaining product than a three-on-three all-star game which you know they they tried to say guys are playing harder no they're not i watched it they were playing harder they don't care and i don't blame them yeah so give me countries give me best on best right i think that's probably going to be the difference you are going to get your best from when they're representing their countries right we talked about that's why a lot of the olympics are back is because how valuable this was and what this meant to those players it was funny my mom you know, my old school hockey mother, if you will, who loves, she's like, it shouldn't be pro players anyway. It should be amateurs. I'm like, did you watch the past two Olympics? Well, no. I'm like, exactly. Like, you missed it because you didn't know 1980, the 1980, though. But she yes. goes back to she go- I understand the college it. kids. Yeah, I get come it. On. But, I mean, I Where's think. Where's my father? <laughs> Jim Craig, where's my father? Oh, I cry every time. 
Oh, it's, it's, it's I, tremendous. You should have seen me on Christmas Eve just <laughs> just, just uh, heave They crying, went back to using dream teams. But yeah. I thought if you're using dream teams, what is there left to dream about? <laughs> Beautiful. Exactly. exactly. But still, okay. I like it. <laughs> All right, last thing. And I, Dex uh, brought this up earlier in the show. How on earth are we getting the Blackhawks and Blues at Wrigley Field on January 1st, 2025? And I tweeted this, and I got pushback, okay? I'm not advocating for the Wild to be anywhere near that game, just to be very clear. But why are we seeing the Blackhawks, who, who unless the lottery is rigged, and they get Celebrini, which it might be, and Bedard, I don't think the Blackhawks are there yet. And the Blues are, you know, they're fine, but they played... The wild here. The blues seem to like be the default opponent for teams. Can't can't we do better than that, you guys? Yeah. If uh, and honestly, look, if the Blackhawks were still the Blackhawks and really, really good, yeah. perennially for the last five years, I don't think I would be complaining about this Agreed. as much. I wouldn't have as much of a gripe with this as much. Mm-hmm. But the Blackhawks stink. Yeah, they stink. No one <laughs> wants to watch Chicago. I mean, Bedard. You know, Bedard's fun for sure. Yay, Connor Bedard. That team is awful. I don't want to watch that anymore, and the fans don't want to see it either. So, and yes, they have. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. You, you could have done a lot better. And I don't like it against St. Louis either. Like St. Louis is kind of in this weird half rebuild, one foot in, one foot out type of situation. There's not enough that excites me to see that matchup. For the record, Chicago has been a part of the 2009 Winter Classic at Wrigley Field, the 2014 Stadium Series at Soldier Field, the 2015 Winter Classic at Nationals Park, the 2016 Stadium Series at TCF Bank Stadium. 2017 Winter Classic at Bush Stadium, 2019 Winter Classic at Notre Dame Stadium, and now the 2025 Winter Classic right. at Wrigley. Just throwing that out there. That's ridiculous. And when they had uh, uh, Taze and Kane and that team, yeah, it was ridiculous, but it made sense. Sure. Big draw, really good team. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that drives me crazy is, is, is this, and I understand it, but it drives me nuts. They eliminate Canadian teams because there's no ratings there. You know, I always thought that the game here, how much fun would the Jets have been? Oh, mm-hmm. been the Jets, blast. they all would have come down. Blast. The Peggers would have come down just bleep-faced. Yep. Like the draft here, the first Jets draft was was the draft of the X. These people were sauced. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> They're like cheering and hooting and howling for a draft. Um, but the thing about this is, too, this event now in my opinion, is way more for, like, the fans there, like, in the stadium and stuff. I know it's watched, but it's become a really cool event. Like, when it's in your town, it's huge. Yeah, it's fun. And, and you know, this, oh, it's got to be a U.S. team, and it's got to be the same teams over and over and over. I'm sorry. Come on. This is as unoriginal as it gets. Wasn't the first one Toronto-Montreal? Uh, the first one on NBC was Pittsburgh-Washington. Pittsburgh, and, and Pittsburgh, Washington, yeah. Right. Right? Was it Washington? I think so. Yeah. That's right. It actually. Oh, no. Right. Buffalo. It was Pittsburgh really? Buffalo in Buffalo. The first ever the first ever outdoor game was in Edmonton. It was like minus 15 and that was Montreal the Edmonton. The, the Heritage Classic. Classic. Right? That started this. Yeah. yeah. Uh but no cuz that that's the one where I believe Pittsburgh won in or Buffalo won in OT and it was snowing. It was, at I remember the, the Bill Stadium. Yeah. It was great. But anyway, my point is Mix it up. Yeah. Mix it up and ditch the stadium series. My God. Just get rid of it. They're going to, you know, we're in, we're going to be in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Who gives a damn? (laughs) All right. That's enough. 
Hopefully, the Wild finally gets the message. Billy, if you haven't gotten the message yet, make some trades, wave the white flag, and we'll see you in two years. See you later.